Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, it's the Hollywood Life Podcast. And we are so excited today. We have a legend with us, a queen. But before I introduce you to her, uh, I'll say hello to my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita. Hey, Ali. Hi, Bonnie. Yes, we definitely have a queen on our podcast today. Someone I'm such a fan of. I grew up watching on TV. I'm sure so many listeners did as well. Um, And now she has an incredible new book out for a great cause. So we're really excited to chat with her. Bonnie, I will let you introduce our special guest. Okay, I will. And yes, we have so much to talk about. But before we get to that, let's all welcome the queen. And the nanny, Fran Dresser. Hi, ladies. How are you? We are doing great. And we're very excited that you're here. And you've got just the most wonderful new book that you have introduced called N is for the Nanny. And it, um, it's going for an incredible cause. Anybody who buys this book, which is so interesting and fun, is going to be contributing to your, organiza- your organization, Cancer Schmancer Dog Org. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? N is for the nanny? Yes, it's a family book. It's a children's book. It's a great book for any fan who's looking to add to their nanny collection. Uh, and 100% of the proceeds goes to support Cancer Schmancer. It was written by one of our fans and also Cancer Schmancer supporters, um, Rebecca Kelly, and she came up with the idea. And um, we uh, thought it was a great one uh, because it combines my two passions into one wonderful presentation. And so she asked me if I would write the forward, which I did because I thought that it was important that if you're going to buy the book, that you really understand what you're supporting and why we're important and what we do differently in the health space from most other uh, nonprofits. So um, it's uh, been a wonderful, uh, you know, achievement and something that we're very excited about. And we hope everybody goes to cancerschmancer.org and buys at least one book, if not for all the kids, all the grandkids, uh, the classmates, and Christmas stocking stuffers. Mm. I like that. Tell us a little bit about um, what is in the book. You said it was written by um, a fan and, and, and somebody who's part of the organization. Yeah, well, she's a supporter of the organization Uh and she lives in Australia. And, you know, the nanny was always 
wildly popular in Australia and continues to be so. So, you know, there's a lot of nanny fans there. And she was just inspired by the series to do something that made sense and would help support the organization that she supports herself and, and is so inspired by because we're a very positive, proactive, um, you know, empowering organization that helps put um, the uh, power of your health and control over your own body back in, you know, your hands uh, by learning more and transforming from being a patient into a medical consumer, knowing what questions to ask, knowing how your lifestyle is impacting, you know, your body's ability to thwart and, and resist um, certain diseases and how your lifestyle also uh, is creating inflammation in you, which is the beginning of cancer, which a lot of people don't realize. But if you can catch cancer while it's still inflammation and not take drugs to suppress your symptoms, but actually change your life, so you can reverse the symptom, then you're really in the game of how you're supposed to be living. And that's what we kind of push people to acknowledge and learn. We educate, motivate, and activate people into taking control of their body, learning the early warning whispers, knowing the tests that are available, detoxing their home, which is the most toxic place we spend the most time in, and ironically have the most control over, and making um, more mindful uh, consumer uh, purchases because we are the ones with our purchasing dollars that are enabling these big businesses that don't really care about you or the planet, but only the bottom line. So if that's the case, then stop buying it and they'll hear you loud and clear. I mean, if we all stopped drinking cola today, they'd stop making it tomorrow. It wouldn't matter who was in the White House or what legislation never got passed because the bottom line is the bottom line. So we have a lot of control and we can either be dictators or enablers. And I think that we need to dictate, uh, you know, a revolution of the food we eat, the personal care items we use, the cleaning and gardening supplies that we uh, also use. And that's just the beginning. Um, so it's, you know, we're very progressive and radical in that sense, because we're pivoting back to you asking the questions, why am I getting sick? Why do I have pre-existing conditions? You know, well, let's not get sick in the first place. How's that for a cure? Now you were, you know, this, the book, um, and as the nanny is kind of a, I guess, a culmination of two of your greatest passions, uh, your role, um, as Fran Fine in the nanny. And then you've, you've created this book, which is, as you said, it's good. It's great for kids because the illustrations are incredible. They're so much fun and it's easily understandable and your passion for cancer prevention, having been a cancer survivor. Um, you know, you had a, like a very difficult time even getting diagnosed with, with, um, your, you, I believe had uterine cancer and yes. it, took it took me two years and eight doctors to get a proper diagnosis. 
That's horrible. So that, and I thought I was unique. But in fact, when I wrote the book, Cancer Schmancer, because I didn't want what happened to me to happen to other people, and I uh, went on book tours and speaking engagements, I realized that what happened to me has happened to millions of Americans by means of misdiagnosis and mistreatment. And unfortunately for many, though not myself, late stage cancer diagnosis as a consequence. Um, many doctors are bludgeoned by big business health insurance to go the least expensive route of diagnostic testing. So they tend to subscribe to the philosophy, if you hear hooves galloping, don't look for zebra because it's probably a horse. But if you happen to be a zebra, you're going to slip through the cracks. And I was lucky because I had a slow growing cancer and I'm very tenacious. I don't, you know, trust the doctor when I know there's something going on in me and they're telling me I'm essentially okay. I just have perimenopause and it's like, no, this can't be normal. So, um, that's why I wanted to write the book, but then I realized that the book was just the beginning of what's now a life mission. Mm -hmm. And that is to radically change the way we live because there's you know, a whole slew of misinformation that came our way through the 20th century that is not serving us well. Uh, we became a throwaway society and a toxic chemical um, laden society, and it's prevalent in our food and our water, in the earth, in the air. We're, uh, you know, um, plastic polluters, and we just have to change everything because right now Americans eat like a credit card's worth of microplastics every single week, uh, and. Uh you know, we're, and we're all scratching our heads saying, why, why do we have pre-existing conditions? Why are we getting sick? Why do we have all this autoimmune problem? You know, and we're eating, we completely crapped up our beautiful agriculture that was once in this country and then became industrial farming, which is full of chemicals and hormones and is absolutely wrong, not good for animals, not good for the people who consume them and the plants. So how did you change your life after your diagnosis? What, what were the things that you did? Well, I, uh, you know, I went organic with the food. I drink very pristine water. All my personal care items are uh, companies that are, uh, you know, considered safe by safe cosmetics, mm -hmm. even your toothpaste. I mean, if you're using a name brand toothpaste that says do not swallow or call poison control, you know, get rid of it. I mean, have you ever heard of anything more counterintuitive than putting something in your mouth that is poison to swallow? And the gums are the gateway to everything. So, you know, you gotta use, um, toothpaste that has ingredients that may have grown in your grandma's garden, but that's true with anything. I make my own cleaning supplies for the most part, and there is very little that you can't clean your home with, that you can't do it with 
you know, rubbing alcohol, white vinegar, baking soda, lemon. Uh, it's, um, it's uh, we were just sold this bill of goods that's hurting us and the planet. And we're one interdependent living organism. You know, what hurts the planet hurts us. And there's no wiggle room in between there. We're very easily manipulated and dumbed down and numbed out. And with cancer schmancer, we, you know, wake you up and shake you up and, and try and get you to realize that um, you got to care more about yourself and stop waiting for somebody on Capitol Hill or some big business, you know, uh, manufacturer to do right by you because we won't live that long. On um, at cancerschmancer.org, do you have any information about um, products that you and your team think are are good? Yes. For yes. We have so much information. It's so prevalent. There are resource guides in the website. We have all of our um, masterclass health summits are available for download, and those are incredible. Uh, docu-series that have all kinds of outside-of-the-box thinking doctors who went to medical school, drank the Kool-Aid, started practicing, and actually began to think, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. And, uh, you know, started looking at the body as a whole body and not just the end symptom. Like if you had an apple tree that was yielding rotten apples, what are you going to do? Try and cure each apple? No, you're going to go to the roots. You're going to try and find out the causation of the problem and why the tree is sick. But we don't do that in Western medicine. And it's really a pit, pitiful that we don't. But we have to start changing ourselves and uh, start seeking out these doctors that are looking at the whole body. They're called functional medical doctors. And, uh, you know, they delve deeply into causation, trying to find out why has your body failed you? Why were you unable to, you know, uh, fight this bacteria or this virus or, uh, you know, this uh, cancer cell? Why didn't the body do what it's meant to do? Well, our lifestyle, including um, electromagnetic fields from electronics, is constantly compromising our immune system. And what we need to be doing is, is really every day very, very cognizantly supporting it and learning how to do that. And we teach you how to do that too. Since you've um, been cured of your cancer and you've changed your lifestyle, like how has it made you feel? Like, do you feel like, you know, like more energetic? I mean, you were always a very energetic person. So how has it changed you? Well, um, I think that, uh, I mean, I don't want to give myself a kind of horror ladies, but uh, I think that I stay healthier. I don't, you know, I know how to self-care. I know when something is happening, uh, what I need to do. I, I understand that I am like a, uh, the thermostat of my body. And if I'm exposed to any kinds of outside extremes that could be compromising 
my immune system, like stress or sudden weather changes or being exposed to somebody in an elevator who's like coughing their head off, I know that I need to do something. I need to amp up on my vitamin C. I need to get out and take a walk in the sunshine and lower my stress level because stress will compromise your immune system. It's all about managing an optimal health for your immune system. And that's what we have to do on a daily basis. And that includes mind, body, and spirit because you can't just focus on detoxing and not think about your, your mind and your spirit. So if you're gonna be super neurotic and stressed and crazed, but you're you know, eating everything that's organic, you might as well go to McDonald's because the way you're handling and managing your life is not a complete and holistic approach. And the other two elements, huh? It's all interconnected, just the body. Exactly. Saying how like the serotonin is created in the gut. And if your gut is unbalanced and your brain is going to go and then you're, I had to, I did a, I go to holistic doctor myself, a functional health doctor and um, changed my life. It's like yeah. the best thing and it's preventative instead of being thrown medicine to, you know, try to fix a problem that they don't even know you have because they actually don't even test enough of your blood to even try to see what levels are here and there. And it's, I'm so happy for, that you're so important and people should know about it. Yes, thank you. It's, you know, it's, we're on a cusp of a revolution of uh, how we need to, um, take control of our body. Yeah, we're on the cusp of a revolution and it's up to us to really pivot towards, uh, you know, a new dawn where we're not constantly polluting our bodies and the environment because it's coming back to bite us on the ass big time. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really glad that you though have personalized this and also, you know, so that people can try and make a difference for themselves because it's very hard to have control over the whole environment and climate change things that, and what, you know, big agriculture is doing. On the other hand, aside as, as well as, as making the personal changes you can make, it's really good to make people aware that they can also impact those bigger things but they have to pay attention to who they vote for because, you know, there's certain there's certain party, a certain party that doesn't even acknowledge climate change and certain kinds of pollution. So, well, um, you know, follow the money. I mean, listen, I, I, uh, I think that it has to be a grassroots bottom up because. Um, Big business has its toxic uh, tentacles in the pockets of every elected official, no matter what uh, party they're on. Having said that, I think that, you know, the current um, threat to uh, overturn Roe v. Wade is something that should encourage any 
woman or man to um, vote for uh, the Democrats who are against this. I really am saddened that when Roe v. Wade first passed, the idea of legislating a woman's body should have been a non-starter right from the get-go. Yeah. Everybody yeah. should have said, no, we can't do that. What can we do? What can we do that's positive? Um, because, you know, that is really not an option in a free country. But what we can do is encourage women to keep the baby by supporting them from yeah. cradle to grave. And over all these decades that the people that feel like um, they're, uh, that it, abortion should not be legal could have been doing that and actually changed culture yeah. rather than trying to take away uh, the rights because the downside of thinking it's okay to legislate a woman's body is that it's a slippery slope towards justifying violence against women and all other kinds of legislation. And we're, we, we only got the vote a hundred years ago. We're coming, you know, we're moving away from a male dominated society where women had no rights. They couldn't even vote or own land. And anything like this is a dangerous and slippery slope. So that's the main reason why nobody should support it and find more positive, encouraging and supporting ways to change culture. And, um, and that's really uh, where I stand on that because um, when you look at other uh, countries in this world and how women are being forced to live, uh, you know, the women in this country that might support this kind of legislation have had it too good and really can't see how this can easily connect dots to a life that we don't know at, you know, currently, but it, it easily can shift in a very wrong direction. I, you know, you, um, you just can't make legislating someone's body an option. And that's what I'm very opposed to. I, I think you're so right. I couldn't agree with you more. The other thing too is, you know, as somebody who has had, you know, a, a, like uterine cancer, the, that when you close abortion clinics, they're often the only women's healthcare clinics that are, you know, anywhere near where so many women live. So they can't even get cancer screenings for breast cancer, cervical, uterine cancer, or, you know, get prenatal checkups, like women's whole healthcare is going to suffer. Uh, I'm sure you're right about that. And, you know, when the cure for my cancer was a radical hysterectomy, and I had not had children yet, and that, you know, is a bitter pill to swallow. Um, and my, essentially, you know, my choice was taken away, and I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so whether it's to have a baby or not to have a baby, uh, you know, not being afforded your right to choose is a bitter pill to swallow. Absolutely. Very bitter pill. Um, and Fran, you know, I, I'm such a big fan of yours from growing up. I, I watched you on The Nanny and I'm also a massive Broadway fan. Um, and I know you have been um, very present in the Broadway world and now The Nanny is going to become a musical. Uh, how is um, production going on that? And, and I know you've yet to cast, but who would you like to play your titular character? I know, I'm really not at liberty to talk about that because okay. every time I do, they yell at me. But <laughs> we do have our first, um, you know, we did. We are gonna have like professional actors that are gonna read it for the first time the end of July. So we can all hear the music and the words in the book. And uh, that is a big milestone step in the advancement of a Broadway musical. And it's very, very exciting. Well, that is so exciting. Is there any time frame that we can look forward to when it might hit Broadway? I really can't say, but um, I mean, I did, I don't know, this isn't my wheelhouse, but I would only be guessing if I said like another two years. Yeah, it takes so long to bring a Broadway show to stage. People don't. Yeah, and you can't go right to the stage either. You right. gotta go open it somewhere else and Tour figure it. out if you've got any kinks and stuff. We would all have to go for there. So um, you know, it's a time-consuming, slow evolution, but it's really exciting. And I think that now that Broadway is reopening and people are going. And uh, it's, you know, I think we're moving out of the pandemic, God willing. I think that we'll see um, the advancement happening at a faster clip, but we were busy writing through the whole pandemic. So um, the time wasn't wasted on us. We were really able to focus on it, which was great. Wow, so you, you were involved in writing the script. Oh, we are writing the script. Well, this sounds- And Rachel Bloom is doing the lyrics. Which is amazing. We love her. She's, she's so talented. So talented. And, um, you know, just really um, wonderful and grew up watching The Nanny. Mm -hmm. So she really has the tone and this humor. And I think she's giving it a new and exciting, youthful edge. So. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're very encouraged. I love that being brought back to the stage. And, I, and I've heard you say, too, that you'd be open to um, having you starring in it and something being called The Granny. Would you bring it <laughs> back to TV ever? Oh, I'll tell you. Right now, being president of SAG yeah. has made me so exhausted by so many um, demands being put on me on top of having a big career and a big organization. I can't really totally wrap my mind around committing to another series, but you never say never. I mean, Peter and Frank 
wrote a, a, a pilot script for me and they're trying to sell it. And I said, if you sell it, I'll do it. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that's only because it's them. And, and it's there's not, brilliant comedy writers for my voice. And it's um, not a script that is like the granny? No, uh, no, <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. That I would be writing with Peter. Um, but, you know, that was mentioned as a possible uh, reboot. And uh, so uh, as a way to go. But who knows, you know? Meanwhile, it's doing great on HBO Max. Yes, huge. People that will like watching cable, it's, it's available on Cozy. My mom watches it on Cozy all the time. <laughs> but um, the younger people love watching it on HBO Max because it's streaming with no commercials and it's so fun to binge it. I watch it that way. Yeah, it is such a great show. I mean, I would watch it after school. You come home and you just turn it on and you sit there for hours and your mom's like, can you do your homework? And you're like, one more episode, the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's just, you know, uh, it, it has certainly endured the test of time. Totally. And it's great to get a whole new, whole new group of generations to, to watch it since it was from the 90s. Now, Fran, where can people find N is for the Nanny if they want to buy your book? Go to cancerschmanza.org and buy it. 100% of the proceeds goes to support Cancer Schmanza. And it's a delightful book with beautiful illustrations that anyone who's a nanny fan or a child would enjoy. Well, thank you so much for coming here today to Hollywood Life to tell us all about it and um, to tell us, you know, where the money's going and how important it is to change your own, your lifestyle, to take control of your own life as a cancer preventative and also for sharing uh, your views on reproductive rights. We really appreciate all of this. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm, I'm being distinguished as getting the first Judy Garland Award at the Hollywood Museum on June 9th because of my, um, you know, uh, unrelenting work on behalf of the gay community as a straight person. And um, so that's an exciting thing also because we have to always go to the mat for people who are marginalized, always at risk of getting their rights taken away and always the defender of the beautifully diverse many threads that makes up the fabric of the human experience. You know, congratulations on that. And of course, with this Roe versus Wade ruling, it, the way the language was written by Justice Alito, it could open the door to reverse um, the, uh, the legal right to gay marriage. So that's another, um, another right that's under threat. And I don't understand why they say that, you know, they want to roll back contraception because yep. that seems counterintuitive to the goal of having unwanted pregnancies. But then I begin to think, well, wait a minute, is this really more about an unhealthy mix of 
um, you know, church and state. That's what I think. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense. We should be encouraging all people to use contraception so they never have to deal with an unwanted pregnancy. Right. Absolutely. Well, Fran, thank you so much again for taking the time today. Congrats on the award and um, the book. We are so excited um, for all that you have coming up and that you're doing. Yes, Thank you. I appreciate that. And everybody's got to go out and vote or send in your, um, you know, voter uh, things that for mail-in because we're all getting them right now. And it's very important. Very, very important. Very, very important. And we tell that to our readers all the time and let them know what's at stake. And we appreciate you telling them too. Congrats again on the award and on the book, Innis for the Nanny. And go to cancerschwancer.org in order to get one for yourself and to give them as gifts. Thank you so okay. much, ladies. Have a well, wonderful day. Thank you. And okay. be well. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Take care.